good. Hey everybody and welcome back to Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And uh, we're here to talk about some spicy Zendikar Rising leaks along with some other things. Uh, Commander Legends got a bunch of spoilers and uh, some, uh, some good stuff coming out of there. A lot of the information was shared on the Command Fest online stream uh, with Gavin Verry. And, um, but I really want to jump right into the Zendikar stuff. I mean, I know, Dale, you're a huge fan of Zendikar. It's, it's a big green plane. Yeah, can't go so, wrong there. You know, it's probably your favorite, <laughs> or close to it. Um, yeah, just uh, yesterday, as of the date of this recording, which is uh, August 31st, there was a spoiler post uh, under the guise of a thread called, What reprints do you want to see in Zendikar Rising? Uh, in which a, an account called Zendikar Throwaway... Was it Zendikar Throwaway? Zen, Zend Throwaway? Zendikar, Zend Rising Throwaway. There that was go. it. Zend Rising Throwaway uh, posted a sort of a question spoiler. Like, they didn't say, hey, these are getting spoiled. But let me, let me read you the post. It's actually, uh, it's actually pretty, pretty cool. It says, uh, what reprints would you like to see in Zendikar Rising? It says, personally, I'd like to see Lotus Cobra reprinted at rare with new art by Sam Rowan with collector's number 193. Also, Shadowborn Apostle, since the new legendary demon has great synergy with them. Like a 2-2 flyer for 3 is okay, but since it gets a 1-1 counter when non-token creature you control die, and you draw a card and lose a life if it was a cleric, it just seems like great synergy. Add on the fact that it has flying, and once it has five counters, it gets a lifelink, and you have a real sweet commander deck started. Pity apostles are about five dollars each. Also, Avenger of Zendikar is the iconic Zendikar card, but it's unlikely to be reprinted due to its power. Hopefully they make a reference to it, like a six mana red-green 5-5 five five legendary elemental that makes plant tokens for each basic you control on Enter the Battlefield, and has landfall add four 1-1 one one counters to a plant. That would be sweet. Also, I hope it has a showcase frame that's basically an FNM promo with extra trimming and a hedron-shaped cutout for the art. And also, four three flyers for four in white are super cool, so I hope there's one that, on entering the battlefield, finds a copy of itself in your sideboard and adds it to your hand. Also, it's an angel warrior. So that's my wish list. I hope they all come true. <laughs> what do you guys want? <clears throat> but, yeah, so the, the throwaway account has since been... Uh, abandoned. The thread has been deleted. I'm reading an archived version uh, of it. So, yeah, in the post itself was pretty much confirmed by other uh, Reddit users that have had insider knowledge in the past, and they like confirmed with it. Like, yeah, it seems pretty much like this is legit. And so, I mean, the the demon sounds pretty sweet. I know tons of people really love that Shadowborn Apostle deck, and I mean. You can't go wrong with a demon that just synergizes so perfectly with that, and can't go wrong with reprinting a five dollar common. So. Oh yeah, I mean, you you've seen the the effects of printing the the expensive quote unquote commons down to nothing, which is really good. It makes everything really accessible, especially if you're playing in a standard format or like uh, a sixty card format where you're going to need four of this thing regardless. Um, you know, I I. Other cards notwithstanding, like Relentless Rats or stuff like that, which is like an uncommon, but they're still $3 yeah. a piece because of them being rats and them having that clause that says you can have as many as you want. 
But the Shadowborn Apostle falls under that same guideline that says you can have as many cards named Shadowborn Apostle as you want. Therefore, that drove the price up, especially foils. Oh, my yeah, word. Yeah. Like a foil Shadowborn Apostle was like a ridiculous amount of money for a foil common. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad they made it where they have a demon that synergizes with it again with them. Um, Shadowborn Apostles were really good at going and getting Shadowborn Demon uh, during that standard period of time. And uh, Shadowborn Demon was just a 6-6 creature removal, I believe. Or it might have been a 5-5. But it was like, on ETB, destroy a creature. Okay, so yeah. it was like, at any point, you sack your dudes, you blow up something. Yeah, that's really good. This one sounds pretty spicy with the whole, you know, if you have them on board, especially if it's, a, you know, quote-unquote a three-drop. Yeah. Uh, and you sack your, I think it's five apostles or six? Five. It's five. Yeah. yeah. Five apostles to go get another demon. That's You can draw yeah. five cards, lose five life, and then get a demon from your deck. Right, and that demon just gained lifelink, too, to negate the one... Dang, yep. or one loss of life you're taking for drawing. Yeah, one one cycle of si- uh, sacrificing the apostles gets you to that threshold of now you can gain that life back. Yeah, so that's so pretty good. Definitely. I mean, there's a reason why Gristle Brand is banned. You know, yeah. his 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 <laughs> effect is essentially pay seven life, draw seven cards, right? Yeah, and that so OP. that's that yeah, and that this three drop is now if you have your apostles on board, it's. Uh, Set you know, pay five life, draw five cards, and tutor a demon from your deck into play. Yeah. So that seems pretty good. Definitely. Um, I I want to know what the name of the elemental is. Yeah. That is the red green, which I know you're gonna build. Or, like you <laughs> don't even, you don't even have to tell me, Dale. I already know this is a Dale deck. Oh yeah. I'm uh, I'm already expecting it to to be you know right in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I'm just thinking about them. Like, how do I even want to build it? I haven't really built a deck in a while that is just straight turn lands into dudes and beat face with it. But I think that seems like it might be a fun route to go with this one. Just constantly turning everybody's lands into dudes, but mine are bigger. And then just smash over damage. Using your, like, the old world enchantments? Is that what you mean? Like, uh, Natural Awakening and stuff like that that just yep. says... Any, and there's a couple of them. I can't think of the names of them off the top of my head. The two enchantments in particular, one of them's Reserve List, which is really expensive. But then the other one, I believe, is... Uh, natural Affinity? Something like that, yeah. It's like a three-drop green enchantment. Makes all lands in play 2-2 two, two creatures. And then there's all of the uh, instants and sorcery spells that also just turn everything in. There's uh, Kamal, Fistacrosa, Joriel. Uh, natural Affinity isn't the enchantment, it's an instant. But it does turn all lands into two two dudes. Okay. Yeah, something along the lines of, uh, of that, you know, would be a fun deck build. Especially if you can, uh, you know, do combat tricks add in the red for the combat tricks and, and green as well to just buff the team out, triumph at the hordes and just have a bunch of lands just roll Well, now people. you're just being rude. <laughs> yeah, but, it, you know, I mean, but it's fun. You have five lands, <laughs> you know, and it's always like a resource thing because it's, you know, you spend three of those, you know, quote-unquote attack or blockers to cast the spell in the first place, so those three creatures are tapped. You yeah. Know, they, they, they helped pay for the spell. 
<laughs> or what if you what if you did the deck uh, and like really relied on stuff like Cryptolith right and Paradise Mantle, so you tap your dudes for mana, yeah. and then your mana is now the dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like this uh, build a while back I seen with the original Joriel. The pay three, discard two cards, tap, and your lands become dudes. Mm -hmm. And, like, the one person that was teching it was basically saying what they use it for is to double their mana. So they pitch the two, tap, turn their... Uh, tap all their lands in response they turn into dudes then they play something to untap all of their dude their creatures to then tap again for more mana or to just beat down after that you know which it's just a cool deck that's just kind of janky and cheeky and fun <laughs> i can see that that does i mean untap effects for creatures are a lot more prevalent than untap effects for lands yeah you know untap all creatures you can get an effect like that for not a ton, you yeah. know, not a ton of investment. So if you're trying to be super spicy and just trying to, you know, untap all creatures, untap all creatures, and then you just combo out with the mana because it's all mana anyway. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, especially especially in red too. Red has a ton of untap creature effects as well. So yeah, definitely. Speaking of, uh, you know, Commander Spice, we were uh, we were going through this extremely old collection um, from a friend of ours who brought it into the shop. And, I mean, this person's been collecting since, you know, Alpha, Beta, uh, Unlimited, Revised. And, I mean, we didn't get to see the, the really cherry stuff yet. But um, some of the things that we found were pretty cool. There's, there used to be a magazine that covered... Uh, tabletop games and, and magic and you know even some video games it was called Inquest and they worked together with wizards to create these quote unquote fake magic cards that you could cut out of the magazine and paste to a like you know like a land or something and it would become like a proxy card but it was you know they were commissioned and designed by like actual artists from wizards and we got our hands on a set that was Legends of Lore so it was the group of uh, literary characters that would be extremely powerful, and you know I hadn't even heard of some of them. Obviously, they yeah. were they were from uh, from books, you know, back in the back in the eighties and stuff. And it was just really interesting. Like just for example, there's uh, uh, Sauron, you know, from the Lord of the Rings, and uh, we had talked, you know. Uh, Adam, Trevor, uh, Dale, myself, Neil, even a couple other people from the shop, we were talking about doing a deck building challenge with these, you know, crazy literary hero commanders. Because uh, I think Dale, you got you got Tarzan. Yep. Right? Tarzan. And, uh, do you want to explain your Tarzan card real quick? Okay, so uh, Tarzan is, I believe, it's a three mana uh, legendary two two. Uh, and it's gruel, so it's red-green. And it has a, a static effect that says, apes that you control get plus two, plus two, or no, plus one, plus one, and banding. Which, so, banding is crazy combat effect, and uh, yeah, it just makes combat really crazy. But 
He also has another ability that you can pay a red and a green, tap him, and he will deal damage to target creature equal to the number of apes you control. So, as you can figure, I went straight up ape tribal, and the <laughs> of course. the creature type ape has been eroded in magic, and so it's basically just gorilla. Anything that says gorilla, ape, it's just the same. So Yeah, there's a... The rules back when these were created uh, were vastly different than they are now um i just i just made i just pulled up a picture of tarzan he's a five drop two, oh okay Three. two 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 green and red okay uh with forest walk so oh. he's, he has forest walk all right and his flavor text is still my favorite out of all of them it's just the the tarzan yell like ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> like <laughs> i i don't want to i don't want to blow anybody's eardrums out so i won't i won't do it on on here but uh, yeah, I picked I picked Sauron, and he's a three four for six uh, mono black, and uh, of course it is because uh, you know I'm a I'm a black mage. Um, sacrifice a creature. All damage done to Sauron this turn is reduced to zero, and then it has an X and tap ability that says lose X life, gain control of target creature. X is equal to that con- creature's converted mana cost. Target creature is now black and counts as a Nazgul. Play this ability as a sorcery, and if Sauron leaves play, target creature returns to its owner's control. So, it doesn't say when he untaps. It's not like a, what is it, Marik Dorit or whatever, yeah. where you can leave it untapped, or leave it tapped, and then you keep whatever it is. I can take as much of your stuff as I want, and if he has indestructible and hexproof, yeah. you aren't going <laughs> to remove him via, unless you're cyclonic rifting, you know, something of that nature... Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to have a bunch of Nazgul. So that's what I want. I want to turn Tarzan into a Nazgul oh, and God, that's steal so cool. him. Yeah, Tarzan <laughs> is a Nazgul. And, uh, but, I mean, some other really cool stuff coming out of this uh, Inquest magazine. Uh, Robin Hood, and he creates Merry Men tokens. <laughs> and uh, he has the whole steal from the rich, give to the, give to the poor kind of dynamic. You know, he has a... When he comes into play, he's a, he's a 2 uh, X white green uh when robin hood comes into play put x merry men tokens into play and treat these as one one green and white creatures for two white and tap if target opponent controls more artifacts and you gain control of one of their artifacts for two green and tap put a negative one negative one arrow counter on target attacking or blocking creature and robin hood does not untap as normal during your next untap phase now they've obviously in the rules set have streamlined a lot of this the, yeah. the verbiage on these cards you know um, it would just say you know he would not untap during your next upkeep or untap step yeah you know it, it really kind of it's a lot more short so, yeah now. it's a lot of text on these old cards some of them uh, you know a great throwback especially for our uh, our lovely our lovely Neil here at the comics vault uh, was Drist Do Erden. If you're unfamiliar with Dristo Erden, he is a fantasy character from the Dungeons and Dragons uh, property, and he has a ton of books uh, written about him. Great books, definitely. I mean, Neil loves Drist. He got me into it, and then I made Dale read the first book, and and now we're all kind of like, man, this you know the card is the card is cool because he has a card, but uh, we all are kind of upset that the card is the colors it is and like has a pretty just really meh ability um 
But Drist is a, a four drop. It's a two white black. And uh, he's first strike, bands with Panthers. He's a two two. And when Drist Orden comes into play, put a Guinevere token into play. It counts as a two two Panther with first strike. And Drist is. Uh, counts as an elf. So now, instead of summon legend, which is what all these cards are, um, they would just be eroded to be like, you know, legendary creature, elf, obviously. But uh, yeah, some of these are just. Yeah, and the panther's been eroded to cat. Cat. Yeah, so. it's all cats now. Bands with cats. And there's a ton of cats in white. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, but uh, not a lot of cats in black. Yeah, man, so, I just the color scheme it's for that hard one is because just... uh, we've all kind of agreed that Drist is not uh, like a black magically. Like he's not, uh, he doesn't have any like black mage traits, other than the fact that he is a drow. Um, I mean, he's like he's like a, your peer of heart, trying to be good, like you know, stand yeah. up, protecting the weak type person, not like. Uh, let me steal your soul and gain power type thing. So, like, the whole black... And he's a ranger who who worships the goddess of nature, Maliki. So, if anything, we, we have decided that he would be green-white. But enough on that <laughs> tangent. <laughs> these, uh, these inquest cards, we're going to be doing a, um, uh, a deck-building challenge where we kind of try and stay within a budget. You know, I mean, Dale said... A hundred bucks or fifty bucks or something like that, and I said a hundred dollars. If I'm if I'm playing Sauron and I put Cabal Coffers in there, then there's like three quarters of my budget right there. So I don't know. I still haven't agreed to a budget yet. I I agree there should be one, but maybe yeah. not like a hundred bucks. I built my deck's pretty much done. I just need to throw lands in it now, but. Well, my yeah, deck you was cherry picked every gorilla yeah, and, and so my deck's like really cheap. I mean, there's a couple cards in there that are like twenty bucks or whatever, it's just supporting cards. But for the most part, the deck's probably you know close to a hundred bucks, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. I don't know for sure, but I mean, I'm not gonna you know, like I said, I'm not gonna put like I'm gonna try and make it flavorful. Like you made yours like ape tribal or something. I'm gonna yeah. make like try and do some ogres and orcs and like evil humans. And stuff like everyone who uh, who followed Sauron in the books, mm -hmm. uh, you know the the mono black. There's a couple mono black goblins and stuff, and I just I would like even throw those in there, even if they're trash. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I would probably rely on everybody else because I would steal your crap and turn it into Nazgul. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I went real flavor with mine too. I added in uh, like heirloom blade for the dagger that. Uh, Tarzan finds it was his dad's. I put the cabin in there to represent their uh, his parents' uh, home in the jungle. Then I put a band of humans in there with Jane and all that to represent all of them finding him and bringing him back to the new world. So I tried to make it really flavorful. Yeah, I mean, there's there's harder decks to build than you know mine, obviously, because mine's mono black and mono black has a ton of good cards, uh, especially if we're not you know. We're not really trying to blow a budget and be crazy competitive. I think, you know, just the ability on Sauron himself that just says, I steal your thing. Yeah, and uh, so now if your dudes don't have Hexproof or Shroud or something like that, I just take them. And uh, I think that's great because it's like whispering the power of the ring. I was trying to find the, the ring of Zathrid or whatever, the, okay. the black ring to be the one ring. Yeah. Or I'm trying to find a ring card that... 
is flavorful enough because it's like if if something is the Zathrid one is if something is black then it gets an extra ability and gets a one one counter on it like at the beginning of my turn or something like that I don't know yeah. I never used any of the rings I've always thought they were bad but this is super flavorful so I mean uh, it's it's pretty flavorful they they're like they want the ring for its power or whatever they want it for I was gonna tr- it turns out there's not a lot of mono black dwarves. I was yeah. trying. There's enough. There's enough like mono black elves, because there's. I mean, I was gonna do the ring cycle, you know. Uh, you know, was it four for the elven lords, and nine yeah. for the kings of men, and stuff like that. So I was gonna have like nine good black, like mono black humans, right? And then mono black elves and mono black dwarves to be like those are all the Nazgul as well, or you know they've yeah. been corrupted, That's and sweet. stuff like that. I was you know, not a lot of mono black dwarves though. <laughs> Just like there's not a lot of mono black cats or anything, you know. It's yeah. just like man, hard, <laughs> hard color. You, you would think you would think that it would be like blue black or red black, but then Sauron. If you try to put any other color other than mono black, people would just be like, "But Sauron, blah 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 yeah. blah." You know, it's like he does planning. <laughs> it's not like he's not trying to like improve himself and his positions and stuff. But you know, constant search, but. Yeah, that's one of the, the challenges we're going to do, and even so, we're going to try and get it on a YouTube channel. We uh, currently just picked up some hardware, uh, and we think we're going to be moving into that soon. Yeah, that's it. that's been a goal of mine since the beginning, was to eventually make a YouTube channel and start doing deck techs and gameplays and, you know, whatever on YouTube. You know, that's, I think, the best format for most people, I mean, podcasts are great, too, for when you're driving or doing whatever at work and stuff and you can't watch a video, but videos, definitely. Everybody loves to watch gameplays and deck techs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just myself have poured hours into watching just kind of like Commander Versus. Just watching people play a fun game of Commander, which Dale's pretty used to. Dale's pretty used to fun games of Commander, but like being a filthy CDH player, like my fun game of Commander can last like six minutes or three hours, you know, depending. And uh, you know that's not really great for uh, interactive content. So yeah. Well, I we were gonna try and uh, like hammer out a a charter or s- something for figuring out what the best way to build decks to to play on camera. And uh, but yeah, it's something we're definitely working on, and I think that medium is probably the best for showing gameplay and doing deck techs, obviously. Uh, yeah, so look forward to that in the future. Definitely. But uh, yeah, on uh, on commander note, the uh, commander legends, Dale, you had the you had that up, didn't you? The the commander legends. Oh uh, uh, yeah, stuff. the spoilers from that. There's some pretty uh, sweet stuff coming out. The most notable, I think, in my opinion, is definitely the finishing of the Battle Bond land cycle. Thank goodness. Like, finally. Please. <laughs> like, it I, just needed to happen. I feel like that lands are the number one thing that everyone across the Magic community always is just like, when are we getting the rest of the cycle? When are, when are we getting the reprints? When You know, like, lands are always the thing that is, like, the most sought after for, you know, well, players. It's, like, the constant, right? It's one of the only constant things in Magic is you need mana to play <laughs> Magic the Gathering. 
So it's 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 something that's always there in the background and your mana base can make it easier or harder for you depending on, you know, what you're trying to do and the cards you have available to you. So having those completed cycles I think is very important. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if anybody doesn't know uh, what the Battle Bond lands were, they basically were uh, non-basic lands that are not fetchable. But uh, they say it enters the battlefield tapped unless you have two or more opponents. So for Commander, it's basically a dual land. As long as you know two people haven't already been knocked out of the game, they'll enter untapped. And they'll tap for two colors. So, like, in this set, we're getting the uh, Simic Land, Rejuvenating Springs, tap for a green or a blue. The Boros Land, uh, Spectator Seeding, tap for a red or a white. Training Center, that taps for uh, blue and a red. Underground, Undergrowth Stadium, uh, tapping for a black and a green. And Vault of Champions, tapping for a white and a black. So... I'm just really stoked they finished that cycle up because, man, those lands are pretty good if you play Commander. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, the uh, they had already told us in some of the spoiler stuff that the partner mechanic was coming back. And with a ton of monocolor partners. Now, anyone who knows anything about, you know, EDH has probably seen a partner Commander that's just wrecked their face. Like, unequivocally, the partners are the most broken part of, like, the, the dual-color partners. And I think they're working at fixing that with monocolor. You know, having access to four colors with something that is indiscriminately paired. Like, you can have Tim Nathrasios and have all but red. But, you know, you might never cast... Timna or never cast Thrasios. You're just in it for the colors. Yeah. You know, and uh, arguably that is a very busted deck building tool. Definitely. You know, the the Battle Bond kind of tried to fix that along with the newest commander decks uh, with partners with. So you have to partner it with a certain card. You know, the Will Will Kenrith partners with Roe and Kenrith and nothing else. Yeah, Peter uh, partnering with Toothy. Yeah, yep. And Zunder Split and Okon or Okin or whatever his name is, the, the red-blue pair. Yeah. You know, it's like partners with this, this card so you can have that color pairing, but it is locked into these two creatures. You know, and like Shabraz and the Sky Shark... Wait, Sky Shark and Sky Shark Rider. Those are like the new. Do you remember that? It's from the Ikoria Commander decks. Oh. Uh, it had, they had partners. Okay. But it was partners with. Okay. So I think that's a much easier and better way to do the partner mechanic. And if they would errata the 2016 partner commanders, I think that would be the best uh, option. Well, with the partners with. Uh can you run those both in your command zone, or yes. does one go in the ninety nine? No, it, you can. That's the, the so you point. Can run yeah, them both. you can run dual, dual partner commanders. The uh, the partners with because I know in the battle bond with like say Toothy, it says when it enters the battlefield, search your library for a card name. Target here. player searches their library for a to, for a peer. Yeah. So like, you can run peer and Toothy in your command zone, 
but that was more for 60 card. So okay. you pl- you cast your peer from your 60 card deck and go find your toothy. You know, makes sense because there's no color identity. Sixty color. 60 I just color. remember when I built mono blue toothy. Every time though, I'd just be like, uh, "You can go ahead and search for peer to whoever I knew was running it in their deck." Yeah, I would let them tutor it out just because, like, why not? How how nice. <laughs> I'm not. I would. I would be more like, oh, you mystical tutored at the end of your turn. Shuffle your deck. Go look for a peer right now. You know, that would be me. But I'm rude. Uh, uh, but yeah, the uh, the mono colors I think will be much better in kind of policing the the elasticity of the format. Uh, but speaking of the elasticity of the format, we got Prismatic Piper. Uh, it's a common, I believe. Yeah, a common five-drop colorless legendary shapeshifter. And it says, if the Prismatic Piper is your commander, choose a color before the game begins. Prismatic Piper is the chosen color. And it's a 3-3 with partner. Yep, so that allows you to fix in draft, because Commander Legends is going to be a drafted commander set with a 60-card deck instead of like a 40-card deck like a regular. Um, Yeah, that's kind of cool. I think it, you know, allows more casual pairings. You know, if you just want, if you want the white from Timna, but you don't want to run Timna Thrasios, you can run Thrasios Prismatic Piper. Yep. Which I saw a bunch of memes, and I think they were hilarious. The, uh, like, EDH wreck, because the Prismatic Piper deck subtype will now go with every partner. Like, it was like breaking their system, them trying to figure out how to do it the best way. Right. And I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I'm really pumped for this card, actually. I mean, I don't I don't really run a lot of partner decks. I've built a Vile Smasher partner deck before, but I just think this is really cool. A new, innovating way to mix, mix stuff up in Commander and just, like, really open the door for more broader deck building and just creativity so and then there's going to be complete you know d-bags like me who try to break it (laughs) in any way possible but yeah i can't fight my true nature thrasio splash black i mean that's salty thrasios would be nuts gonna be you know it's gonna be a thing it's it's coming i'm just waiting for the cdh events to start and start seeing that (laughs) i mean i'd still i'd still probably run tim the thrasios though yeah. yeah, I guess you still get you get the white, get the added the white for removal. Path, literally path, <laughs> what path? Uh, to fairies uh, protection. To f- path swords and to fairies protection. I I don't know. Sometimes I don't run to fairies protection. Though it is funny the you know, angels of grace. Yeah, there you go. Angels of grace. Um, but yeah. The, the new partner stuff looks spicy, and I can't wait to see more. We got uh, we got Baron Sanger again, yeah, but in a really pretty neat card that I that I think is is cool. Dude, talk about the other artwork on that Baron though. Oh my, it's so sick. It just reminds me of like uh, I don't know, like Shang Sun or something from like Mortal Kombat. He's like floating up in there with just this orb of some. It's like someone's essence he's just drained from them making himself more powerful like it's just sweet art and a and a pretty neat uh ability for alternate win conditions so it's like whenever another player loses the game 
you gain life equal to that player's life total as the turn began. Yeah, that's pretty spicy. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Somebody's running like a Bolus's Citadel combo, Aether Flux Reservoir thing, and has a bunch of life at the beginning, but then somehow just gets killed out of the game while they're trying to go off, and then it's like, okay. You gain that much life. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, uh, it just looks pretty sick. And then we have the, the red-green uh, partner pair that was released together, which is Halana Kessig Ranger and Elena Kessig Trapper. Uh, Kessig Ranger is the green one, three and a green, reach. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two. When you do that, deal, that creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature. So good for fighting decks, Naith. Would yeah. be you know a good inclusion like it would be a good inclusion in Nath, um, which has been I mean I've seen like three or four Nath decks since that jumpstart came out here at the shop and they run pretty solidly. Yeah, I, I got that I got that card. I just didn't know how to build it, so I just threw it in the ninety nine. Mm. Oh, which of which are your decks? Um, Geared? It isn't. No, not in Geared. It's in Atla. Uh, no, not in Atla. Okay. Wait, I, I'm trying to think of. Cards. Yeah, it is an Atla. Yeah, it is an, it is an Atla. Okay. Yeah, because that's where I got my uh, Xenagos as well in that. And then the Kessig Trapper is a five drop, four and a red, uh, for a first striking four three, that has tap add an amount of red mana equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that entered the battlefield this turn. I run Perforos the Bronze Blooded. That's gonna be nuts, dude. That's just basically like a Salvala in red almost. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's so good. It's definitely gonna become a staple in red decks for sure. Like I mean, definitely. <laughs> and in Gruel decks, because then you're running both colors that just love big, big stuff. So I like, can't go wrong with that. That's every one of your decks. Dale. It's like a better Neheb. You know, because you don't have to attack and, like, do all the other things, the requirements, to get the red mana. I, I'm trying to think what would be the best kind of application, because it has to be a creature that ended this turn, so you've either cheated it out, you know, sneak attacked, right. which is probably what I would do. You know, I would wait for the sneak attack to sneak attack like an Ulamog, and then tap it for eleven. Yeah. For, so I, for I for one man I net ten, and then I can do whatever, pretty much whatever I want. Hopefully win the game. But. Yeah. Like I mean, in Atla, in Atla, the creatures enter off the eggs, and then it's like, okay, sweet. Tap for big mana. But yeah, uh, as far as the spoilers so far are concerned, I think they're pretty sweet. I hope we see more. I hope we see cooler. Cooler stuff. There's uh there's one there's one more card I wanted to talk about here too, and then the etched foil cards as well. But this uh one is a white human soldier, it's a three four for four mana. Huh. And yeah. at the beginning of each opponent's end step, if that player controls more creatures than you do, you create a one one white soldier creature token. And then at the beginning of each opponent's end step, if that player controls more lands than you, you may search your library for a basic planes, put it onto the battlefield tapped, shuffle your library. This card is definitely a pretty much instant staple in any like mono white decks or Boros decks that have trouble, you know, getting lands. So, I mean, at first I kind of thought that by only making one white, white flip in there that it kind of doesn't really help out 
white decks as much because then it can just be used by any deck but the fact that it only searches out a basic planes most people aren't going to be running that in their deck unless they're running probably boros or mono white but yeah but i i mean definitely staple yeah and a three four so i mean it's no slouch there so be hard to remove and yeah just a solid card overall and then yeah they they said they spoiled the the foil etched legendaries so the one that they spoiled was prosh the sky raider of kerr and uh yeah i mean i don't know how i feel about the etched foils and a lot of people probably don't know what etched foils are but if if you would think like Yu-Gi-Oh cards or like some Pokemon cards, like the super rare three D like, bordered, yeah, almost looking, they like have like, they have a texture to the car, the foiling. It's like a textured foil where it almost feels like if you were to have a, like an etched glass. You know how it gets that rough like feeling to it. It's kind of like that, and then it's like in the border of the card is like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, they look cool and all that, but. It's not really my style, so... But I'm sure tons of people out there are going to love it, so... Um, yeah, what else we got here? Uh, Mana Confluence gets another uh, reprint. So I mean, that, that art looked pretty sweet as well. And it was definitely needed. The Pioneer boon really blasted Mana Confluence up from its $10 to... You yeah, know, whatever it is now, like thirty. Yeah, it and it'll get another foil printing in this too. The foils are pretty up there for Mana Confluence, so that's a pretty solid reprint there. Yeah, so uh, those reprints were pretty pretty on point so far. But uh, I'd like to talk about uh, a league that we're starting up here, a Commander League at our LGS here at the Comics Vault. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's kind of what uh, they wanted to do with the uh, the whole commander uh, WPN getting points system or whatever for shops and everything, but it kind of got postponed because of COVID. But so the league here is going to be a six week long league, and it's going to be a casual league, and there's going to be a point system. And basically, there's a bunch of different challenges that you're going to do, like uh, first blood. Uh, gets you points casting your commander four or more times gets you points saving another player from losing the game uh, just really interesting stuff like that uh, that gets you points and then at the end of the six week time period all the points get divvied up and obviously the person with the most points will win the league and take the grand prize but during each week whatever amount of challenge there's challenges that you complete you can re- like basically show your uh your paper with what you completed and it's signed off by another player and you can get packs and get rewards for the challenges that you've completed throughout the weeks and i mean there is a lot of cool cool challenges in there cast 10 spells in one turn so oh too easy yeah and it's a six week Six weeks again, like I said. So, like, you'll be able to play uh, multiple decks, build multiple decks. Say you want to just go in there, I'm going to nail out these four challenges, you know, in this game and build a deck specifically to just do certain amount of challenges and whatnot. But, I mean, they're, they're two of them 
are pretty interesting. They'll play a pauper ADH deck, which is you have an uncommon card as your commander, and all your cards have to be commons. And then play a standard legal ADH deck, so like almost like Brawl. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that would be pretty spicy since we just got Ikoria. And, yeah. you know, we have, like, a ton of legendaries that just come out in Ikoria, Theros Beyond Death, stuff like that. But, yeah, the... Uh, I really like the push towards getting people to play different decks. You know, personally, I don't even own a Popper EDH deck, but I'll build one for this. You know, it's not going to be that hard, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Because um. <laughs> it doesn't say win <laughs> with a Popper EDH deck. It just says play. Yep. <laughs> so uh, there's also, uh, you can get minus points, too, for... Uh, Basically, killing everyone at the table in one turn. So basically, if you combo out, you're going to lose points. You're still going to gain the four points for winning the game, but then you're going to take a deduction in points for you know killing everyone. Uh, searching for 40 seconds, and then every 30 seconds after that, that you are still taking your time searching around, you're going to lose a point, which I think is cool because it... like says basically, hey, no dirtling around while you're searching forever and taking a 40-minute turn. Speed it up, you know? Yeah. So I mean, that's always one of the, the complaints of, you know, playing a, a game where someone doesn't know how to win, where they're just, oh, I'm going to casually search my deck here to find an answer to win, and it takes like 10 minutes. Yeah, there's a, if you eliminate a player before the fifth turn of the game, you'll get a deduction of points because, like we said, it's supposed to be a casual thing. Like, we're not trying to play super fast, hardcore decks and just beat people out and win real quick. It's supposed to just be what kind of cool shenanigans and fun can we get up to. Um, and, yeah, I, I wanted to mention that this is uh, Lex's idea. He came up with this uh, league idea. They were going to do it on, on their own, and then they started talking about it up here at the vault and kind of just turned into like something that now is going to happen here at the LGS instead of just something they were planning on doing at home or whatever. So definitely shout-out to Lex for, for coming up with something cool and interesting and fun like this. Yeah, the, uh, the, the challenge is that I think – uh, with the special rules. So, you know, on weeks uh, two, four, and six, there will be a special, uh, like, almost like an emblem that starts at the beginning of the game and says, beginning of each, uh, week two is at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player mills one card. So, mills now keyworded, you put the top card of your library into the graveyard. Uh, you know, so that you might want to build a graveyard synergy deck for week two. Because you get this special rule yeah. if you're playing in the league. Uh, week four, if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So, so week four, you want to build your rock. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, week six, if a permanent leaving the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So that's more of like a taste of Karlov. Yeah. The, the death harmonicon almost. <sighs> Yeah, I just got just utterly annihilated by that deck the other day. It was pretty brutal. But that, who was that? I think Lex built that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the those special rules kind of give you a little spice, you know, if you build your deck around it or build your deck to combat it or something like that. You know, you know, for me, like week two, I might build Conrad. Yeah, you know. 
and take advantage of everybody yep. having to mill. Yep, hoping or, just creatures hitting the grave yeah. and draining yep. life. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Figured, uh, figured we'd mention this on the show. So if anybody out there is listening, you know, if you're from Altoona and you're listening, you didn't know about this going on, come stop in, you know, see see what's up. And if you're abroad somewhere, hey man, start your own cool league with special rules and stuff, and like see what kind of cool creativity you guys can get out of it in your play groups, and and just have some fun playing Magic. Maybe you could post those rules on your your Insta or something to somebody. Might want to see what we're rock, rocking and uh, kind of look at the challenges that yeah, we're definitely. trying to hit and with the special rules and stuff. Yeah, I'll throw uh, I'll throw some pictures up of the rules and on you know the on the commander's vault page and I'll throw it up on my my page. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to you know make commander definitely like more inclusive because everyone's on a on a playing ground where there's there are rules. Uh, dictating how you get your points for you know how you win the game rather than just winning the game you know i play plenty of decks that can just win the game flat out but if i'm trying not to do it before the fifth turn and i don't want to eliminate everybody in one go or because i don't want to lose points you know if i don't cast my commander if i'm you know somebody scoops there's a negative point for scooping and if you're unfamiliar with scooping have you really been playing Magic? But <laughs> scooping is when you uh, you kind of either A, get salty and don't want to play anymore, so you just pick up all your cards and say you're done, and or uh, you realize that you're about to die and to quicken the process of the next game. You know, if I if I say, like, oh, I have White Main Lion and Lurin, and it's, you know, my Chew Lane deck, everybody just picks up their cards because they know that it's over. Yeah. You know, because I'm going to draw my entire deck and then that's Oracle and win. Which, see, to me, that's fine when, when people scoop like that, when it's inevitable and it's over. But the one thing I can't stand is when one person is going to get killed in some combat and then they're just like, I'm going to scoop instead. And then it changes the dynamic of how damage would have been dealt and all that stuff. And then it totally affects the rest of the game. So I really hate when people scoop out like that. But I do like a modified version of that. I'm like, okay, you're, you're swinging at me, so you're... Just consider yourself swung at me, unless somebody fog. I'm like I'm already picking my stuff up. You right. know, like it's giddy. I'm I'm <laughs> shuffling and preparing for the next. You know, yeah. I'm like you have to swing whatever you were gonna swing at me and deal like you know the the amount of damage, but I'm not gonna wait and watch you do fifty times the math. Just, yeah, sometimes people will before you're like I'm moving to combat. They're like I'm gonna scoop, and it's like why I didn't even say who I was swinging at or anything and then that makes it now I gotta deal less damage to win the game so then that kind of screws over the rest of the players my, my roommate my roommate Brian eternal scooper just a <laughs> salty salty magic player uh, fun to play with but sometimes you have a card that's just like pay one man and win the game cause he just gets really <laughs> salty uh, like for example he was playing his Brago deck and I was playing my Chulane deck and he like he got rid of something that was mine or like like exile or whatever and I was like okay whatever that's fine and uh, on on my end step when he was like gonna do something and like mess with Brago I just chain a vapored Brago to his hand <laughs> and uh, he immediately just scooped I was like man this is the best value chain of vapor <laughs> I've ever had because not only did he 
not activate it again and bounce something of mine. You just quit the game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dang. One man win. <laughs> one man win the game. Definitely. But, yeah, I, I, I do like the, the system. And I'll have to ask if he, like, came up with all of this himself or if he, like, pulled some... Yeah, no, I talk, I did talk to him, and he said that it, him and a couple other people had got together and they worked out all the challenges and rules that they wanted to put in there the points, amongst their play groups. So. Yeah, the point system I've seen, that's, like, pretty... That's Commander Versus has that point system yeah. almost exactly. The four three two one for order of elimination and first blood and stuff like that, and... You know, the searching triggers and stuff like that for 40 seconds or over. Yeah, he said they wanted to really uh, put negative connotations to comboing and stuff like that. And, you know, to make it funner for everybody. I mean, sure, some people really love to play combo decks. I love combo decks. You know, (laughs) at the same time, it's, you know, it gets boring when you just use the same freaking combo over and over and over again. So Yeah, you're right. Some... I mean, for some people. It doesn't get boring to me. Yeah. Like, playing well, when playing Narset Solitaire <laughs> never gets boring to When me. you're it's the one different. doing it to everyone else, it's always fun. I guess. <laughs> you, know? you know. Playing against a super controly deck that just bounces all your stuff constantly back into your hand is so annoying to play against. But when you're playing it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is super fun. <laughs> the, uh, the bias. The player bias. For yeah. and against. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really excited to get into that. I'm not sure when we start. Do we have a start date? Uh, oh, it's September. tomorrow. Yeah, oh, September I guess I 1st should tomorrow. probably pay attention uh, <laughs> yep. to that. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, end date is October 7th, so we're, like I said, it's about six weeks. And it's going to be a blast. I think I'm going to have a great time. Definitely. I know I will, for sure. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, we got all those... Those leaks, those new partners coming out of Commander Legends, and uh, really looking forward to some of the new stuff in this year of Commander, which has also been the, the year from hell uh, yeah. for pretty much everybody on the planet. Yep. Um, but we Commander players have a single like fleck of light in all of this, and this was supposed to be our year anyway. So <laughs> we're just Definitely. we're just waiting patiently for uh, all these new commander things. So, you know, what kind of stuff are you expecting to see in Commander Legends? Definitely let us know. You know, if you're excited about some stuff uh, you think might be coming in Zendikar, you know, if you're if you're Zendikar Rise throwaway or, you know, <laughs> if you've got some cool ideas about what's going to be in Zendikar, hit us up. Definitely, yep. The, um, I think with the release... Were we doing a giveaway coming up here with Commander Legends, or was it the, or was it Zendikar Rising? Um, I, I think it was Zendikar Rising we were gonna do so, something like that. Well, we'll more we'll details, have, yeah. yeah, more we'll details get you more on that once once we get uh, closer to that date. But uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us, and uh, I think we're just about wrapped up. So uh, for yeah. the Commanders Vault, I'm JB. I'm Dale, and thanks for listening.